Good morning. Thank you, Stephen, for that reading. The title of this morning's lesson is Sin and Death. And as you just heard, Stephen read this from Romans 6.23. Sin and death is not a topic that we often hear from the pulpit these days. There was a time, I remember, um, probably going back 30 years ago, when uh, the preacher would preach about every other Sunday a sermon that was geared to salvation of a soul who would be sitting in the pew. But we sort of got away from that in all of the churches of Christ. Um, so today you're going to hear a sermon titled Sin and Death. Since the beginning of creation, man's greatest enemies have been Satan and sin. The New Testament uses the word dead to refer to mankind's relation to sin in at least three ways. When we speak of these three ways, it must be clear that we are speaking of death in the spiritual sense, not the physical. This morning we will study these three ways that the New Testament uses the word dead to refer to mankind's relation to sin. The three ways are, one, being dead to sin, two, being dead because or through sin, and three, being dead in trespasses, which is another word for sins. To put it another way, we might say that mankind can experience death to sin, death by sin, and death in sin. Of course, a person does not occupy all of these roles at the same time. Those who are dead by sin are also dead in sin, but not dead to sin. This last condition, being dead to sin, belongs only to Christians. The desire of God is that all people who are dead in sin and by sin become dead to sin. Reading from 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4, Paul writes, For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So let's look at three ways that the New Testament uses the word dead to refer to mankind's relation to sin. Number one, dead to sin. What then is the meaning of being dead to sin? The Apostle Paul wrote about this condition in Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Paul writes to the Romans, Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead, indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Romans chapter 6, the Apostle Paul was dealing with a very serious issue. He had just concluded chapter 5 with these words, As sin reigned in death, 
even so grace would reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans 5.21. In other words, we might say, the farther that people have gone into a life of sinful behavior, the more of God's endless mercy is needed to save them. Anticipating, therefore, the question in the minds of his readers, Paul asked, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? Romans 6.1. The apostle quickly answered that this thinking would be wrong and for the very reason that we are dead to sin. Paul wrote, how shall we who died to sin still live in it? Paul reminds all Christians of their baptism. Christians look back on their baptism as the moment when God has promised to wash away all their sins. Baptism is an act performed by a sinner in order to receive the promise of the remission of their sins. This is the act which transfers one from being outside of Christ to being in Christ. The person being baptized is being buried with the Lord through baptism into death. So that as Christ was raised from the dead to the glory of the Father, the one being baptized might also walk in newness of life. Having obeyed the gospel, the newborn child of God is united with Christ in the likeness of his death. The old man, the sinful person we once were, is crucified with the Lord, and our old sinful body is done away with. The child of God dies to sin so that they might be justified from it. Then having died to sin, they are made alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here then is the picture of the Christian according to Romans 6.11, who is dead to sin. The child of God lives not for the flesh, but rather for the spirit. Having surrendered and denied the world and all of its fleshly lusts, they are alive in Christ and living under the law of the spirit. Being conscientious, they recognize the evil and deadliness of sin and are determined to live for God. Their lives will serve as an encouragement for good people to turn from sin and live otherwise. A second way that the New Testament uses the word dead to refer to mankind's relation to sin is to be dead because of or through sin. This is to say that mankind has been deprived of spiritual life through the influence of sin and sinful behavior. This is the point that the Apostle Paul is making in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1 when he wrote, And you did he make alive when you were dead through your trespasses and sins. In the same chapter in verses 4 and 5, Paul added, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead through our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. The thought here is a simple confirmation 
that the person who continues to sin without forgiveness will die. The result of living for sin is spiritual death. The Bible and experience combine to teach us this great lesson. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Then on the sixth day, God created man pure and holy. In joyous fellowship, they walked together in the garden that God had prepared. As time went on, the devil, working through his agent, the serpent, caused Adam and Eve to doubt the goodness of God and therefore to transgress his law. They were ashamed now to be in God's presence. When they heard him walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, those who had once welcomed the presence of their God, now in shame, shunned his fellowship. The story of the fall of man is so well known that we do not need to continue examining it. It is enough to know and to recall that Adam and Eve were driven from the Garden of Eden. In pain, in labor, and in sorrow, they were to live the remainder of their days upon the earth. God had promised that. If they ate the forbidden fruit, they would die. So God could do nothing less than keep his promise. Paul gave this warning. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. Galatians 6, 7. As surely as a person transgresses the laws of God, they will be lost. Spiritual death will be the penalty. This is a state in which a person finds themselves whose sins have not been forgiven. The person finds themselves an enemy of God. Having not been reconciled, there is no peace, but only wrath to follow. Unless one is baptized, the future holds only separation from God and eternal punishment. Finally, we come to the third way that the New Testament uses the word dead to refer to mankind's relation to sin. The third way is being dead in trespasses, which are sins. This means that without God, the person is powerless to take real action against this condition. Paul said in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. The expression in your trespasses is one used to show a state of existence of mankind. Just as the expression in Christ is used to show the existence of a person who is in a state of fellowship with Christ. To say that a person is in trespasses, it suggests that they abide in that state or they're in that relationship. We certainly cannot appreciate the one state without understanding the other. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. 
To be in Christ is to be in a personal relationship with him. It means to acquire his mindset. It means that we walk the way that he did. On the other hand, to be in trespasses is to be in the condition of living for sin. It is to be in a state where there are no spiritual blessings and there are no hope. Long ago, Isaiah the prophet pleaded with God's people to give up their waywardness, to receive the forgiveness of their sins, and to be obedient to their God. Reading from Isaiah chapter 1 and verses 16 through 19, the Bible says, Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. The same principle holds just as true for people today. We can be forgiven. One who is dead by sin and in sin through obedience to the gospel can be made dead to sin. We're about to sing our invitation hymn. And I know that there are people in the audience this morning who have never put Christ on in baptism. And I, I never like to push a person about being baptized. So I'm not going to do that this morning. Um, I learned the hard way not to do that. However, I want you to think about your salvation because tomorrow is not guaranteed to any of us. About four weeks ago, a young woman, early in the morning with her child, left her home. She was 22 years of age. She was going down the highway, and somehow she got turned around and was driving the wrong way, and she was killed in a head-on collision. Now, do you think that she left home that morning thinking, today is my last day? No. She was married. You know her husband thought she'll be coming home any minute now. You see, life changes just like that. So if you think that you don't want to be embarrassed or your pride is keeping you from the baptistry or the other one I love is I have plenty of time. Believe me, you don't have plenty of time. I don't care if you had 100 years. That is a blink of an eye for God. And you don't know what tomorrow holds for you. So Carl's going to lead us in a moment in our, um, in our invitation hymn. And if you desire to be baptized, if you believe truly that Jesus is the Christ who died for your sins and you're willing to repent of those sins, confess him as your Lord and Savior and be immersed for the forgiveness of your sins, then we want you to come forward. We are ready to help you in the baptistry. We're ready to help you this day. Perhaps you are a child of God. You have been baptized. But for some reason, somehow, your life 
has just moved away from Christ, we're here to support you and pray for you so that your relationship that you once had with the Savior is made whole again. Whatever your desire is this morning, we want to know what that is as together we stand and sing for a hymn of invitation.